Hello, and welcome to Reel Number 7 of The Usual's Real Reviews, where we discuss the news, rumors, and trailers of our favorite and upcoming movies. I'm your host, Will, and with me is my hetero life mate, Marshall. What up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, we're, we're actually recording a little late tonight. Late tonight's, night. Tonight's like a, a night where we're starting when we usually finish. Late night date night. It was a date night. My... <laughs> Life mate date night. Life mate date night. There nah, we go. Now it's awkward. Um, yeah, we just got back from seeing Captain America Civil War for the second time. Yeah. Fresh in our minds. Should we talk about Fresh it? Fresh in our minds. Uh, yeah, but uh, first let's imagine we're having a frosty beverage in our favorite theater as we turn down the house lights and start the show. I had popcorn. You did have popcorn. It was yummy. I had Kit Kat. I like popcorn. Oh, I had the yummiest thing. Before we went to the movie, we went... You said yummy like four times. I did. So yummy. <laughs> I <laughs> Before we went to the movie, we went and ate uh, went and ate dinner, and I had a uh, I had a Philly sandwich, which was so good. Yeah, my food was indeed yummy as well. Yeah, they switched up your sandwich. What, did yeah. you, what is it now? No, it was good. It was a uh, you know instead of a uh, fried shrimp sandwich, it was a grilled shrimp sandwich. It was good. That's cool. You know what we need in this town? We need one of those uh, theaters that have food and alcohol served. Indeed. Uh, well, yes, maybe that's the business we need to start, buddy. Ooh. Yeah, well, that's interesting. For, that's future us. That's uh, something for future us <laughs> to worry about. Um, yeah, so we went and saw Captain America: Civil War again for the second time. Yep. Um, what do you think again, my friends? Uh, did it hold up second view? Oh, holds up. Uh, I actually liked it better the second time. I, I, I was less like you know when you go to see these movies. I don't know for me. Whenever I go to see these movies, I'm like. I'm all hyped up. I'm a little amped. I'm like, I'm trying to catch everything. And this time I was like, I've seen the story. I know what's going to happen. So let's right. let me look around a little bit, try to catch some things I, I didn't catch the first time. And I caught a couple of Easter eggs and, um, yeah. And I got to see some really, uh, kind of admire and appreciate some shots that I didn't really notice the first time. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I, the first time I watch a movie, I'm usually very visual. I mean, I could miss lines here and there. But certain shots, you know, obviously stick with me. Like, I mean, the the quintessential shot from the movie. Well, there's two of them really. One is uh, at the airport, and they're all coming in, right? You know, just which like was the, epic the second time as well. Absolutely. Um, but the other one is obviously when when Cap is fighting Iron Man near the end, and you see that one where you know the repulsors are are going off the the shield. The shield. And, he's like both hands, and it's up, all in yeah. silhouette. It's just yeah. a, an amazing, amazing shot. Well done, uh, DP on that one. Absolutely. Um, but this time around, I was able to pay more attention to the, to the lines. Um, there's one that I caught the first time that I really still enjoyed the second time. And it's when, uh, Black Panther is talking with Baron Zemo at the end. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, uh, you know, there's no vengeance for the dead or something like that. And spoil, <laughs> uh, yeah, spoilers, spoilers <laughs> here. I mean, we're a few weeks in. So. Uh, we decided to do this at the beginning of the show. So spoilers, uh, I'll put a timestamp in the show notes when we start talking just some movie, movie news and stuff. If you haven't seen the movie, but I'm going to title this civil war. So yeah. See the movie. Exactly. Um, so anyway, so, you know, Baron Zemo tries to kill himself and, and Black Panther stops him and he goes, the living are not through with you yet. Yeah. And I'm I like, love that line. That's just a great line. I, and, you know, and I liked, uh, Bozeman the second time. I really enjoy, I love Black Panther overall. I cannot wait for the next movie, but ever the Black Panther movie. And this time though, uh, and we're going to be all over the place here. We're just going to say some stuff we liked and, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I noticed it the first time, but, you know, because he's a Black Panther, whenever he was on screen, you know, he was very, he moved very cat-like. Oh, very cat But whenever cat-like. he jumped, 
it was completely silent when you landed. Yeah, you know, and I, I didn't... just love that. It, it brings me back to like my love of assassins and thieves and yes. like people who move stealthily. And I love cats in that way for that reason too. And they just did it so perfectly. He'd land and it was just like everybody else would land, you know, do superhero landing and stuff. He just like, yeah, when they're, uh, they, you know, where that really uh, jumped out at me um, was, and I noticed it the first time too, but this time it really jumped out at me was uh, when they're exiting the uh, the tunnel and first the Winter Soldier jumps and it's just like boom, yeah, and then he jumps and it's like yeah, whoosh. nothing, <laughs> and then all of a sudden caps behind him, it's boom, yeah. and it's like yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I, you know, and the little nuances of like when he was knocked over, how he would always land on his feet, you know, on all fours, and it's just that very cat like. Ready to strike again. Um, yeah, and you know they what? did a really good job with it. And the, what I love is that they did that with multiple characters yep. because with him, whenever he got knocked off balance and he landed, it was on all fours just like a cat would. Um, but he he's posing like a cat. Yeah. Whereas Spider Man, when he got flipped over and he lands, he lands and his legs are all outstretched. Yeah. And it's very much like a spider. Exactly. Very very cool. Yeah. And that just goes to you know the the dp and, and everybody just making sure everything's done in frame correctly right and it's just a really really good job well, and, and staying true to the characters and what they're about and it's not just like oh we need them to land it's like okay when you land this is how the pose you make you know yeah. this is what spider-man would do right um and before we get too deep into this um whether we want to keep this in or not and a minor correction from our friend uh john skin if you're listening to this, this is only this is a few days on our on the heels of uh, episode 62, and we mentioned a story about um, we were really jumping around a lot, but I didn't want to forget this uh, a story about where the actress who play who's playing going to play Storm wanted to do a um, a Black Panther crossover a Black Panther crossover, and we I didn't know if you knew this I didn't know this, but apparently in 2006 I think the story was um, there's a there's a run a comic run oh they did a limited run where I don't know if it was a limited run I didn't read the whole thing but John Skeen pointed out to me he said just in case you guys didn't know they actually did have a relationship oh awesome and they were married and stuff for a bit so, oh okay yeah. I definitely have to look into so that that's one. badass we're gonna look more into that I just want to throw that out there I'm trying to correct our corrections before we get to episode 63 which could be freaking seven days from now so right. who knows thanks Skeen yeah you're the man. Um, um, all right, so back to this. No, it's still very cool. Um, Black Panther, obviously, was one of our favorite characters. Yeah. I, I, I thought Tom Holland, the more I watch him as Spider-Man, the better he is as Spider-Man. And I'm really excited about whatever they're going to do with that character. And um, the way I like the... I, I don't know. Mo- people have said this. I like that they didn't do an origin story. Uh, Marissa Tomei was Aunt, Aunt May. Who was super smoking hot still, which I probably shouldn't stay on this podcast, but she was, she looked good, man. Oh, she, Marissa Tomei always looks good. All right. And so I thought that and was what I love is a fun way to do when it. When was the last time you had a Spider-Man movie that did not even mention Uncle Ben? Right. Right. And so, so refreshing. We didn't need any of that. Um, I, I really like that. Um, we just jumped in and he was totally enamored with Stark and he's just like, Oh man. Oh, what? You're here. You're in my house. This is awesome. Exactly. And he, he acted like a teenager. I mean, I see teenagers every day and they act like, knuckleheads most of the time and he acted like a knucklehead exactly <laughs> which is what spider-man's about when he's when he's fighting he's never he never stops talking no and he's like oh you can do that that's so cool oh you have a metal arm oh that's awesome and he's getting his ass kicked and exactly. then he comes back and then it's it, it was really well done um overall i think for and, and this for me um is one of my favorite marvel movies right now um actually really quick to interject here actually comicbook.com uh, just released their because, you know, they have an aggregate ranking just very similar to, like, Rotten Tomatoes, but it's just for yeah. comicbook.com. And they ranked what the all the Marvel movies were, and Civil War came out as the number one rated no movie. No way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I like – okay, so Guardians, 
That was their number uh, three. Winter Soldier, the original Avengers, Iron Man, and and this film are probably my top. Okay, those were actually, I think, all, all those were in their top five except for Winter Soldier. I love Winter Soldier. So, so do I, but I think it was number seven on their okay. list. Well, look, I like it. Oh, no, it's fantastic. That's all that really I mean, because I love, <laughs> I love the, the Harkin Back to World War II in that yeah. one. And um, I, you know, and I've been showing Ant Man to my students just to kill some time towards the end of the year here. And I, I've seen it now because I've shown it to a couple classes. I've seen it now like five times. I really like that movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. There were two things I, I noticed in this movie. One bugs me, mm. and the other one intrigues me to no end. Okay, that I didn't notice in the first one. Uh, first of all, I mean, and it's a major plot point. I don't know how he missed it. I mean, or I just didn't even consider it is more like it. Um, is that, you know, uh, Captain America knows that, uh, Tony's parents were killed. Right. Doesn't know who killed them. Right. Excuse me. He was an ice in 91 when the, the parents, I mean, did he come out of thawing and somebody said, Hey, by the way, Stark's parents are dead and they were killed. You think he just discovered that in his interactions with Winter Soldier? Well, Winter Soldier didn't even really want to bring anything up of his mm-hmm. past. I'm thinking that... Um, I wonder what that is about. That was fear- he in Ice in 91? Yeah, because he wasn't thought out until 2011. Right. Uh, I don't remember, but yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm guessing Fury had to have told him at some point. Yeah. I think maybe just also... Well, and then that, that also begs the question, <laughs> how come Stark doesn't know? Considering exactly. how much access to information he has. Exactly. Hmm. It's like that question, you know, if, if he un- unlocked every dirty little secret that, right. that S.H.I.E.L.D. knew in, in the Avengers, mm-hmm. how come he didn't know Hydra infiltrated him? But I guess this was, well, that's true, too. But um, but this was a Hydra operation, too. So that does. Exactly. Yeah. But so. it's still, but it just makes me wonder how Cap found out. Yeah. But that's the thing that, that I, it's like, okay, they better touch on that later to, I mean, at least. Yeah. In one of their direct-to-DVD featurettes, you know, they're, they're, they're Marvel yeah. one-shots, right? Or maybe it just could have just been a conversation he had or something he discovered yeah, exactly. in this interaction. The but, yeah. thing that intrigues me more than anything yeah. that I did not catch the first time was when it actually uh, zooms. Because what I love is the different reveals that they have of the murder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first time it's all about taking the, the super serum and then the second time it's about what the super serum's for. And then the right. third time when they're finally showing it at the end of the movie, it starts in the video format, the right. security footage, and then it zooms in. You're actually in the, the, the thing. And when he actually pulls Stark from the car, Howard Stark from the right, car, right. and Stark looks at him and says, Sergeant Barnes, he actually called him by name. So right. he knows he's Sergeant Barnes. Right. Okay. But as of this point, S.H.I.E.L.D. thinks that Sergeant Barnes is dead because they don't realize he's a Winter Soldier. Huh. How is it? But he had no shock on his face. I have no idea. Because at this point, as far as we know, S.H.I.E.L.D. thinks Barnes died in 1945. But think about it. You know, I mean, you watch Agent Carter, did you? No. You didn't watch Agent Carter. Okay, so young Howard Stark right. has a, you know, he's basically basically Tony Stark. But like, right. you know, younger, whatever, a younger version of him. So he knows everything and he's, and he's got all this tech and he's doing all these things. So I just imagine that he, it's just one of those things. He just knows. Well, if he from. knew, if he knew that Sergeant Barnes was a winter soldier, why wasn't he telling shield? That's a good point. I don't know, man. It's yeah. just, I mean, you know, there's something there that they just haven't gotten to yet. And, and it's a question I haven't heard anybody pose to the Russo brothers, but I'm thinking, yeah, 
Marvel, I don't think is forgot. I don't think they're gonna let too many plot holes kind of go. You know what I mean? Exactly. Actually, it makes me want to tweet the Russo brothers tonight and just say, "Hey, <laughs> say, hey, so what's, what's up with, up with Howard not being surprised when he noticed this?" I feel like maybe powers. we're missing something. Maybe there's some some reference in one of the TV shows or something that may, maybe maybe there's something in Agent Carter that he discovers that I'm forgetting about. Well, who knows? Uh, Easter egg. That I saw, I yeah, pointed out. Yeah, you actually pointed this out in the middle of the movie theater, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I? Not I didn't notice it the before? first time, but when um, Winter Soldier is in the prison car, the, right, thing, the containment, yeah, um, the number on the car, well, the the whatever, the number on the car is D on one side, and it says 23 on the yeah, other side. Yeah, it says D 23. <laughs> For those of you who are just you know Marvel fans or whatever, you don't realize D 23 is the name of the Disney fan society, right? Which of course references. Disney 23, which is when uh, Mickey was uh, created. Exactly. So, Or when the Disney company was created, not Mickey, sorry. Right. Disney company. So there we are. Yeah. So uh, overall. Uh, overall, I, uh, I love this movie. Um, I walked out of it again, loving this movie. Uh, a couple other things uh, I want to touch on. Um, I I really, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Vision's relationship with Scarlet Witch. Um, I also, because I've been reading some Vision comics and stuff excuse me i like what they're doing with vision i'm hoping that going forward we get a little more of that he hinted at the you know the uh the stone in his in his head and so i'm hoping that comes to fruition at some point um and i think we talked about this last week but i i wish that i wish the pepper pots had shown up yeah as just yeah we talked about this in episode 60 yeah i wish even though I think even writing her out in the beginning, like saying, oh, she didn't show up, but then having her show up at some right. point would have been kind of cool. But, you know, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, and this this goes back to something we referenced in episode 62 about how uh, the Jane Foster character right. is not going to be in Thor 3. And right. it's just how disappointing it is when they have these wonderfully gifted Oscar-winning actresses that they don't utilize in their universe. Right. Um, last thing for me is... Um, that you, and this is just a personal thing. And I, uh, after having watched Deadpool a couple of times since, since it's been uh, been out for for release, and uh, we're going to see this, and they're just about to do the big fight at the airport. <laughs> yeah. And I start, I'm literally sitting next to Marshall. I start poking him on the shoulder. I'm like, "They're gonna do superhero landing. Superhero Look, landing. Superhero <laughs> landing's coming. Here it comes. Here it comes the superhero landing." <laughs> <laughs> and I love that, Mill man. And then and and that's one of the things I want to talk about before we get out of before we move away from this movie. I think. This, well, two things. One, the fight scenes in general, um, I thought were some of the most well done and well thought out fight scenes. Right. Uh, mostly because you have to balance the fact that all these people have amazing powers. So where is everybody in even given point? Right. Scarlet Witch can't be everywhere to stop everything. So right. you put her in at certain times. Um, you know, crucial moments and, and get that person away. Then you come back. Vision doesn't show up at first, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, so all of that aside, I think, balancing the flight characters and making it make it make sense that scarlet not scarlet witch that uh, uh black widow and um and clint are actually fighting alongside these guys and i think this it right. really and, and one of the most imbalanced matchups i think was and they spent the most time on it i think in that in the airport scene was uh black panther versus uh uh hawkeye and there, he's he's shooting arrows at him, and Black Panther's like just dodging, mo- him. just moving. And then he catches him. And then he catches a couple. It blows him in his face. He's like, "Well, I just 
took a couple bullets a minute ago. That didn't do anything. I'm wearing so vibranium. He's yeah. like, uh, bro, what are we doing here? Yeah. And it just, it just, it just worked. And then the and and Ant Man, I think, stole the show in that scene because oh, obviously. Granted, when he turns into Giant Man or whatever you want to call him, no, um, that's what he's called, Giant Man. Giant Man. Um, that was amazing. I love the lead up to that when he's. He's super small and he's running and he's, he's running on the platform and it's just like, it's taking him forever and he's just running. He's just running. But then when it zooms in on me, he's like sprinting, but yeah. then when it zooms out, it's like, but, and that's what watching Ant-Man the last few days, it's hilarious because it'll zoom out and zoom back in. It's like all epic fight. And then when it zooms out, it's like a train going around yeah. the thing. And it's just, <laughs> it's just hilarious. And, and so when he turns into giant man and his, the, I mean, his face in the mask when he he's turns like, into Whoa! giant man, he's like, he's like "Wow, I'm the man!" And it's like Paul Rudd is amazing, but it really worked. Him and Spider Man together, um, although ancillary characters they just kind of brought in, right? It, it worked really well and it made and it really, that really balanced movie, out Empire Strikes oh, Back, and it balanced out these fight scenes though, and bringing in the reference and make and dating. Right. Further dating Spider Man too, I yes. think, is really important. Saying, "Remember that really old movie?" Yeah. <laughs> wrapping it around his legs and uh, it's just it's just amazing so one thing i love is uh tony stark's line after uh scotling you know becomes a uh, giant man right. <laughs> he says does anybody on our side have any fantastic <laughs> tech that they're uh they're, they're they're hiding yeah some fantastic ability that they're hiding that we could use or something like that's that's awesome yeah it's a great line and um but i so the balance in the fight scenes was really good um and the reason they were fighting made sense yeah and, what and, i love is at the beginning of the fight that they were all the personal fights. It was, right. you know, it was, uh, Clint versus Romanoff and it was Black Panther versus, uh, Winter Soldier. Right. It was Cab versus Iron Man. It was just all the ones that made sense. But then by the end, and it really, the turning point is after you see, uh, Clint and Black Widow going at it and all of a sudden, uh, Black Widow is picked up and thrown to the side by Scarlet Witch. Right. And she says, you're pulling your punches. That's when everybody shifts different and fights. And they start fighting other people. Because then they know that they can fight the people that without holding back right um but i yeah so so i was saying something about balance and whatever but the balance of the the fighting scenes was one of my favorite parts um and oh no the reason they were fighting was one of my favorite parts it it came through and it worked you know it's not just like oh i'm mad at you or grr you know and and i don't want to excuse me talk smack about batman v superman but that still didn't work all the way for me but here it's like okay they really are there's more the, the stakes are higher we know the characters it makes sense and then now at the end when just when they're getting back together that reveal of oh yeah this guy killed your mom yeah and dad and we all knew it and iron man loses crap like anybody would you know yeah you know what the funny thing is is it's i find it really amazing and i'm glad you brought up batman v superman <laughs> because honestly it was kind of funny as i was sitting in a the theater i'm thinking this is Catman versus iron man so, <laughs> so anyways, but no, I find it really interesting that both movies center very heavily around mother, uh, maternal relationships. Right. And it's really funny how it didn't work in B BVS so much where it's just like, oh, your mom's name is Martha too? All right, we're friends now. Right. right? Whereas this time you had the two different things where it was um, um, when Bucky is finally Bucky and not the Winter Soldier and goes, your mom's name is Sarah, and right. it's like it's a it's a very personal connection that goes back decades, right? And no, and he and he makes the comment, you know, you can't find that out on the internet or whatever. Exactly so, yeah. that, and then the the thing at the end is we're like, he killed my mom, right? I mean, it's just like there's then, no there's no coming back from it, and it's, it's like, and you're right, and I and I like that, but it's like, I I 
they're fighting and he wants to kill Winter Soldier. Of course, uh, you know, and I like the line where he says, you know, he's my friend. Of course, I'm going to protect him. And he's like, we were friends, too. You know, we used to be friends, too. That kind of thing. Right. But and so right. once the Winter Soldier's down. Okay, and it's very clear that Steve Rogers is going to protect him still. Right. It's not so much they're trying to kill each other. No. It's more just like they're guys that are angry at each other and they're going to beat the crap out of each other until they fall. It's like two brothers that finally just beat and, the crap out of each exactly. other. Exactly. And then, and then at the end, I, I love that moment where Tony covers his head, you know, thinking he's going to get bashed in the head after he pulls his mask off. Right. And instead he goes for the, 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 arc, power, reactor. the, the arc reactor. And I just that's beautiful you yeah know? and then and then that's, even that's after that how it had to be yeah and even after that tony's still tony by saying that doesn't belong to you you don't deserve that anymore right. my dad built that and then he drops it and you feel yeah. like at at the end of that when he's carrying bucky out he drops a shield i feel like okay there they are you know it's gonna be okay after this it's gonna take a little while maybe but that part's over yeah um you know it's just kind of funny. we're talking about the shield really quick and i have to go back to something that bugs me again about okay. the shield first of the first time i saw it and even in this time the second time i saw it i still think it's one of the coolest uses ever of the shield but there's something about it that bugs me okay, okay. when they're in romania and he's trying to to get uh bucky out of the apartment right and they throw the grenade in and uh and <laughs> he, he covers it yeah and he covers it with the shield i'm <laughs> yeah. like okay that the first time you see it I'm like okay that's badass that was cool yeah i'm like okay why the hell didn't it beat the hell out of the floor the floor was wood <laughs> <laughs> okay the floor is not made of vibranium oh, that's amazing i mean the only thing i could think of is maybe it was a flashbang maybe and it that was. might be contained uh, in the, let's in the, okay. say it's a flash if it's a flashbang that i understand <laughs> but if it's any sort of grenade right dude there would be a you know a crater in the in the floor oh see you're not suspending your disbelief enough dude <laughs> this is a superhero movie bro <laughs> superhero landing superhero landing here comes the superhero landing she's gonna do it i think that's the name of the show superhero landing i know right um uh, overall man the i i just i really think that they did the balance right and why they were fighting right so it makes me not walk out of the theater going well that was dumb why are they fighting each other yeah, you it know, really it, is a civil war, and it's and 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 we we're forgetting the reason it's a civil war is because this guy is stoking the fires from the inside, right? And, it, and, and he's it comes, a really brilliant villain, right? And that's what uh, where Baron Zemo's uh, you know line says. It says you know a a, a a nation that's brought down from without or by enemies can be reborn, but one that collapses from within is dead. And and that line really is the underlying. Theme of the uh, entire theme of the entire film. Yeah, so. exactly. And um, this is where I think the Russo brothers do it so much better than Zack Snyder that Zack Snyder serves the visual mm. more than the story. Right. And so he lets the the story serve the visual, whereas the Russo brothers let the visual serve the story. But yet, it's funny at the beginning of this conversation, we're talking about the visuals of the film, and it just totally serves it. And, yeah. But it's a story first. Yeah. And just so we're, I, I make sure I give it its due. The, when they're running, that running fight, when the tunnel, when, uh, oh, when, when, when soldiers being pursued by Black Panther. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, and they're Captain just running America's, over and, moving cars, but they're just running and it's like a running and, and who you, <laughs> I just love the winter soldier's badass and he's running super fast, but then he's pursued by Black Panther who's running absolutely quietly and super fast. And then, you know, taking him that motorcycle moment where he yep. takes the motorcycle. I just, I don't know. There were moments of this that I'm just like, oh, that was just so badass. I could watch that all day. Exactly. Just like Captain America do, could do this all day. Yep. So and um, that, was, that was a great, 
callback yeah, to the first Avenger movie. And I just, I, and I think, and again, that kind of made it for me is like, oh, they just got to duke it out till it's over. Yeah. You know, so. Exactly. Um, any other, I mean, I didn't have any, I don't have any issues with this film. No, none at all. Uh, and people can, you know, the internet's the internet. And I made a point of not going out and listening to podcasts about this yet. Um, you know, not a lot at least and, and reading articles. Cause I wanted to watch one more time and I want to talk to you first. Um, but I personally, um, this is up there for me, man. I, I will purchase the movie and I will watch it many times. Oh, so. absolutely. Um, and like I said, the only issue I have is how did, uh, cap find out about the, because they made it a, a, a very important plot point right. that he knew about the Starks murders. Um, I would like them to explore that. And maybe we're missing something. So let us know if we are. So. Yes, yeah. listeners. You're if we miss too. something in in Agent Carter or Agents of Shield or something, yeah. let us know. And I'm I'm a little behind on Shield, but I'm up on all the other things. So. Well, school is done in three weeks, and I will uh, be watching a whole bunch of whole mess of stuff. Indeed. So you know, feel free to interact with us. Let us know what you thought of the film. Um, you know, I I we always like hearing from you. I mean, most people seem to like this film, but if you don't for some reason, let us know and whatever. Yep, we'd love to hear what you uh, what issues you have, or if we made mistakes, or whatever. Well, we always make mistakes. We always make mistakes. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I can't remember everything, and I'm tired. Yes, me too. All right, let's move on to uh, movie news. The big news of the last couple days. Jeff Johns is now the new head of DC Films taking over for, uh, well, I guess Zack Snyder was the de facto mm-hmm. uh, head of DC Films. Um, but this is uh, basically making Jeff Johns the Kevin Feige of the DCEU. This is a good move? I think it's a great move. Uh, he's basically the one that's been in charge of the storyline through the comics. Right. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, so he's basically the head of the comics and it, he does a great job. Um, so I'm really looking forward to him being able to, uh, say guide the ship. And this is really their attempt of, of getting everything in sync and, and, yes. and starting their, they honestly should have done their this, cinematic universe going. Yeah. They should have done this two years ago. Yeah. But, uh, I'm glad they're doing it now. Cool, man. Um, Disney has passed $1 billion at the domestic box office in record time. Um, we talked about it at the end of last year that it was the first time that they'd ever passed, I think, $3 billion. Something like that. Or no, $5 it was billion. Almost, it was $5 billion. Yeah. I think it was almost 5 It was like 4 something. Something like that. But yeah. it was the first time they'd ever hit that cross hold. And of course, um, they don't hold the record. Universal does. Universal did over like $7 billion. Was that Jurassic Park? Uh, Jurassic World and, yeah. and the Fast and the Furious. Right, and, right. you know, they just have a whole bunch of different temples. Juggernauts. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be, a, I mean, obviously it's going to be a huge year for Disney because they have all the money coming from, uh, Force Awakens. They've got money coming from Rogue One at the end of the year. Totally. They've got all the Marvel movies, Finding Dory's coming out. It's going to be a massive year for Disney. Totally. Um, I wanted to check on who this was. Oh, what was she in? Okay, so there's some news from The Dark Tower. Avengers Age of Ultron's Claudia Kim. Okay, and I just had to get her. Yeah, name she's in the my one head. that played Helen Cho, who was the scientist that was brought in to work on Ultron. Right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about that, man. Is she going to be the girl we've been talking about, or that was the other girl, right? Yeah, it was the other girl. I mean, it's just, it's kind of funny that this, this first Dark Tower movie is basically based on the gunslinger, and the gunslinger had no female parts. No, it didn't. And somehow they've got two female leads now. Well, uh, we'll see how they're doing this. It doesn't say what she's going to be playing or anything. Uh, it says he's expected to play uh, Ara Champignon, the kind-hearted pregnant wife of Charles Champignon. The couple are ambushed what? by Farson's men, and she ends up getting raped, murdered, and having her baby cut from her womb. Okay, I've got to go back and read these, because I can't remember that character. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that from Gunslinger. 
No, but, it wasn't from Gunslinger, from what I think. But again, we're we're probably wrong there. We let's not go through that. But um, but yeah. So anyways, uh, Claudia uh, Kim is going to be joining the uh, Dark Tower. I'm very excited about that. Yes, still. Um, everybody knows by now. <laughs> um, it looks like that there's going to be a, an interview with the Vampire reboot. Um, I mean, isn't this a little? When did that movie come out? Uh, early '90s. So I mean. Okay, you got to remember, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt were playing vampires this I point. know, man, but that's what I'm saying. Do so you remember how young Kirsten Dunst was in that? Why do we have to go back to these 20-year-old franchises that nobody remembers and reboot them? Um, well, Can't they just make new stories instead of going back to the old ones? Okay, what I love is there's actually, like I think, seven books in this series, and they made three of them into movies already. Right. Right, because uh, you had the interview with the vampire, yeah. you had Queen of the Damned, and... Came out with the third one. Well, I never read any of the books, and that's and that's you know. No, I mean they're very popular. Um, but it looks like Jared Leto uh, might be in uh, in line to play Listat, which would be great. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, fine. It's uh, it's okay. Um, Again, rebooting. Exactly. It's all I am. Uh, I'm okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> all right, listeners, let's... how do you feel about rebooting twenty year old franchises? And go. Speaking of that. <laughs> Oh, God, not this. There, this is insane, for, dude. Yeah, for all the crap that Ghostbusters got, uh, Melissa McCarthy says she found the Ghostbusters reboot trailer very confusing. And not only that, I heard that it is, in in YouTube history, it's the most disliked movie trailer of all time. It is. The most disliked movie trailer of all time. And what is that? What I mean, and look, I think people just really are jumping on the hate bandwagon on some, on some level right. here, but it really wasn't a good trailer either. I know there were certain parts of it, but you could tell it was very cheesy. Yeah. Um, but again, they're rebooting a 30 year old franchise. Exactly. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Uh, Channing Tatum, who we talked about in episode 62 about how uh, it looks like uh, Gambit is going to be hopefully back on track here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but he was seen on the Kingsman 2 set this week. Oh. So, I never did see the first one. So oh, it's so good. Okay. You know what? The two fun action movies from last year that I want you to watch soon are Kingsman and Now You See Me. I'm not watching Now You See Me. <laughs> Maybe I will. Okay, here's the thing. I'll watch them. For you. For you, buddy. You better. And we're going to be having that Fast and Furious marathon. Oh, I'm excited about that. Um, Yeah, so just Kingsman was really good. It'd be really cool to see Channing Tatum in that. Indeed. Because what I love is the, the entire movie was very tongue-in-cheek. And Channing Tatum plays tongue-in-cheek very well. Um, all right. So um, Frozen fans <laughs> evidently want to make Ezra. Ezra? Elsa. Did I say Ezra? Yep. Sure did. So <laughs> Frozen fans evidently want to help Elsa come out of the closet. Okay. What do you think of this? I don't care. Me either. I mean, I don't think it needs a petition. I think I just, I also don't think Disney's going to do it. Um, I think eventually they will. When are they going to do it? Are they going to do it with the? Are they going to do it with their Frozen franchise though? I think that might really be a bad move. Honestly, I well, mean, if anything, it's one of the ones that are like almost untake downable. You know what I mean? Yes, but <laughs> I think Disney is very um, tactful with these type of things. Well, they are, but they've already. I'm not saying the company is, you know, embraces all the stuff. I mean, it's all fine. But right. What, no, I think what they're going to do is it's not going to be the primary because, you know, they're already working on a Frozen sequel. Right. I think if anything, it might be in, an, in say, a third one that's directed DVD or whatever. Yeah. Or if in the second one they make Anna uh, fall in love with somebody who's not evil. And, oh, that might um, be a good idea. That's the primary story. 
And in the secondary stories, that Elsa finds a relationship. And maybe it's not going to be, you know, a full-on relationship. And maybe they'll explore that further in a third yeah. one after they test the waters. Yeah. I think that would be the smart way to do it. I'm all for it. I mean, I think I think it'd be really uh, bold and strategic kind of move for uh, to kind of get this thing going a little yeah, bit and because this is something that needs to be. And mainstream's not the right word, but it's more like if if, if it needs Dis- to become more visual. Yeah, and if Disney does it, and Disney's always been very gay friendly, of course. No, and that's what that's what I'm saying. Right. I just I don't know if they're gonna do it. As the centerpiece for one of their biggest franchises. Very good point. But I think that um, if they were if they were to do it, it'd be a huge. Oh, there'd be shift. huge backlash. It, it, well, but backlash aside, there'd be a nice shift. I think. Right. In in uh, pop culture, I think it'd be good. I completely agree. Um, so it looks like the and this is something that was data mined, and we don't usually data mine stuff, but this one was just a little too. Interesting. I don't data mine anything. No, I mean, and I did not data mine this, but it looks like, um, and it wasn't really data. It's not like anybody went through code for this one. What it was is that, um, somebody was looking through some of the, like, you know, those things that you get on BuzzFeed, you know, which, yeah. uh, Harry Potter house are you, right? right? Right, right. Well, it turns out that somebody has seen one that's coming up and it's what a house from the American, uh, school of witchcraft and wizardry are you? So just as in the Hogwarts, we have Hufflepuff and Slytherin and whatever. But they've also, by in doing that, exposed what the houses are. Right. So it looks like the four (laughs) houses for the American uh, School of Witchcraft witchcraft, witchcraft and Wizardry (laughs) um, are the Horned Serpent, the Wampus, the Thunderbird, And the Puckwudgie. I don't know what those last ones mean, but uh, Thunderbird is kind of cool. Wampus reminds me of a wampa. Yeah, and <laughs> actually, like a, you know, they, they did Star describe it, uh, and I, I just can't remember what the Puckwudgie and the, the Wampus are, but they uh, they did seem pretty cool. That's cool, man. I'm in. All right. Um, Vin Diesel is evidently getting sued over the Triple X sequel. I, let, me, let me open this, because there was something about this that was weird to me. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is, is, you know, he did the first one. Yeah. Really. You know, it's fun. Uh, it was done with uh, uh, Rob Cohen, who did the first Fast and the Furious movie. He did the Skull movies. Um, you know, he does that type of film. Um, the second one, uh, you know, for I, I can't even remember the storyline. All I remember wow. is Ice Cube in a wetsuit I walking, any of it. climbing up a boat. According to the rap, it says George Zach, a, a producer who worked with Diesel previously, part of his One Race Films production company filed a lawsuit against the actor claiming he was owed $275,000. While he's no longer part of the company, Zach is saying the Triple X sequel was developed while he was still while he still worked there. So as part of their contract is owed the fees as well as an executive producer's credit. This is one of those stupid little things. It is one of those stupid little things. All right, moving on. <laughs> so that guy's dumb. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I'm just saying that. I don't know what the dispute is, but Vin Diesel, he'll be okay. Um, so evidently there is an Ocean's Eleven female centric reboot in the works. Holy crap. Okay. So can I, I gotta say something about this. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. I have a positive thing to say and a negative thing. Okay. I've already said the negative thing about reboots. My positive thing is, um, I love Ocean's Eleven. So do I. But going back to my negative thing, it's awesome how it is. It is. Well, you got to remember, it's already a reboot. Just make another heist movie without calling it Ocean's Eleven. What is this? His daughter or something? 
Uh, if Jennifer Lawrence is his daughter doing a heist, that's kind of badass, though. Okay, that could be that. That definitely could be it. Um, if but it says reboot, not a sequel. Ugh. If they make it a sequel and they do make that, um, Let's see if there's any details in this. I I would definitely be on that, but it looks like Jennifer Lawrence is on board. Um, <laughs> oh, get this. So according to according to reports from the tracking board, Jennifer Lawrence is in talks to reteam with her Hunger Games director Gay Ross. Uh, for all new take on the heist franchise, Lawrence will be joining Sandra Bullock's lead character in a continuation of the George Clooney-led trilogy. Okay, then I'm on board. Yeah, Bullock will play an ex-con who will happen to be Danny Ocean's sister. Okay, I'm on board. Done. I'm in. With her team's help, she will set out to steal a necklace from the Met Ball... Uh, whatever. The Met Ball is the Metropolitan Ball. Oh, I get it. Uh, and frame a crooked gallery owner. Okay. Now, this... Don't say it's a reboot, then. I think this is a misleading... Right, it's um, a sequel. No, but it does say... It looks like... Well, this is just comicbook.com, I think. Yeah, no, this is just bad writing by the writer. Yeah. Okay. Um, Before you even got to the reboot versus sequel Sandra Bullock thing, uh, what won me over was Gary Ross. Um, Oh, okay. I mean, he's most well-known now for doing Hunger Games. He did the first Hunger Games movie. But he... um, is an Oscar nominated uh, director and and uh, screenplay writer. He wrote and directed Seabiscuit. Oh yeah. Um he wrote Dave, the old Kevin Klein movie. Okay. Um and he wrote and directed Pleasantville, which is one of my oh, yeah. top movie. 20 movies of all time. Cool man. Um so I'm on board cuz I love Gary Ross. I like Sandra Bullock. So do I. I think and I think she can, she can really pull off action comedy like I mean Yeah, she's as, funny. You, as you can see in the uh Miss Congeniality movies. All right, Tim Burton. Tim Burton clarifies what's really happening with Beetlejuice 2. And it's, this is just one of those things where finally the person who's in charge of the, the decision says, you know, we all want to do it. Everyone's, everyone's committed to doing it. It's officially greenlit, possibly, but it's just all rumors. Yeah. And okay, it's like, nobody's really signed. Nothing's happening. No. You know it's going to be greenlit when it actually gets written and made and everything. But it's still so, I mean, it's so far down the line. It's... I wouldn't worry about it. Exactly. It's been announced that Sherlock Holmes 3, this is the uh, Robert Downey Jr. run, not right. the TV series. Um, it looks like they're going to be starting the filming of the third one later this year, which we kind of expected but hadn't heard yet. Um, but it looks like they are going to uh, work on extra sequels. Yeah. Um, the tricky part of filming is is also Infinity War Parts 1 and 2 starts filming next year. So he really has to get uh, this one in now because yeah. it looks like Infinity War starts in November. Um, so that means they really need to try to get Downey Jr. wrapped before the end of the year. Yeah, no, if they don't catch him now. It's going to be a year it's before. never going to happen. Um, all right. All so right. I know you uh, love hearing about this. So we've got some news about yeah, I think I think what we're going to do is call this episode Reboot. <laughs> well, even even more than that, we've got some rock news. The oh. rock. I love the rock, though. You do. Um and and actually, I have three three rock stories here, but none of them have to do with Baywatch. Oh, thank God! Because <laughs> honestly, I, I I really like The Rock. I, I've kind of gotten tired of hearing about The Rock's terrible stuff he's doing, like Baywatch. Yeah. So moving on. All right. So moving on. Uh, it looks like Jack Black might be in talks for the Jumanji reboot. Very cool. Yeah, I like Jack Black. Me too. I think he he'd be funny. I would like to see him and possibly the. I mean, if they're gonna if it's gonna be a reboot of like the movie, maybe the David Allen Greer character, you know, the bumbling cop. Yeah, I think Jack Black would do well with that. That would work. Um, or actually, even as the uh, 
the father character, you know, the one who, uh, it, it depends on what, how they do the story. Yeah, I think that could work too. Um, the, also, this is great. Shane Black, who did, um, Iron Man 3. Yep. Um, it looks like he's trying to work in, uh, do Doc Savage, which is a long time comic book. Okay. Going back to, I think, the 40s. Um, and it looks like The Rock is, uh, possibly going to be Doc Savage. Sweet. Which should be cool because it's a very well beloved and long running comic. I'm not familiar with it, but I'm excited. All right. Well, how do you like Born? I like Born. Born is great. Born was originally written by Robert Ludlum, right? He passed away in, I believe, 1991. Right. Um, so it's, he's, he's been away a long time, but they've continued on his books. You know, it's writing, they, they do books, uh, like, uh, Eric Van Lespader, I believe, has done some. Uh, I can't remember who else writes books, but they're, in the in the university that he created, um, well, he created not only Born but a whole bunch of other ones like Covert One. Um, there, it's very similar to like um, how David Baldacci writes a whole bunch of different things that all take place in the kind of the same universe. All right, um, but it looks like that uh, Universal is. I think it's Universal is going to be trying to launch a Ludlum universe separate from Born. Cool. So, um, and it looks like The Rock is going to be spearheading it. Oh, Rock, you're so busy today. <laughs> Seriously. And not only that, he's also working on Shazam, the DC movie. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was working on Shazam. Yes. Shazam! Shazam! All right. All right, so that's it for our news. Um, so we just have two trailers we're going to be talking about today. Um, we're going to be talking about the phenomenal... Let's save the best for last. All right, so we're going to be talking first. Because <laughs> uh, seriously, dude, I have, I have... I have problems with the other one. So let's talk let's talk this one. Let's watch this. Why one. do you have problems with this one? No, I, no, problems with the other one. Oh, okay. Okay, so Hanks we, looks good, man. Yeah, all right. So what we just watched was the uh the first trailer for Inferno. Um and if you're not familiar with the book, you should read it because it is very enjoyable. Um but it's uh written by Dan Brown and it's part of the Robert Langdon run. Right. Um it's the fourth book in the series, um, but it's the third movie because they've skipped over one and I'll get to that in a second. Um They skipped Angels and Demons, right? The no, they made Angels and Demons. Did they? they Maybe skipped, I never saw that one. They skipped the skeleton key. Oh, got it. Okay. And I'll get to that one in a second. The the first movie they did was the second book written actually, and it was the uh Da Vinci Code. Right. Which of course had to do a lot to do with Da Vinci art and the Magdalene story. Angels. All my in-laws read the book and stuff. I didn't read the book, but the movie was good. Yeah. Um, the book was better. Angels and Demons um, followed uh, the uh, uh, the election of a new pope, um, as well as dealing with the Illuminati. Um, the third book was uh, The Skeleton Key, which, dealt in, which took place in America, actually, in Washington, D.C., and it dealt with the Freemasons. Um, I think it has the best villain out of any of the books. Um, really, really cool, very visually intriguing villain. Mm. Um, but there is one scene which would be very problematic because it's like a, it would be like a 10 minute screen time scene that all takes place in pitch black. Oh. Incredibly hard to film. Hard so to I'm do. guessing that's yeah. why they're having issues with it because it is a really good book. Okay. This one is the fourth book. It was just released last year or the year before and it's called Inferno. And the thing that I love about the story itself is that Robert Langdon's character is known for having an eidactic memory, which yeah. is basically photographic. In this one, he wakes up in a uh, Venice, uh, Florence, or either Venice or Florence uh, hospital with no memory. Huh. He can't remember what's going on. So he's trying to piece together stuff that had happened to him over the previous like 24 hours, and he has no memory of it. 
Huh. And so the stuff that he usually relies on, he can't, he can't rely on. He can't trust his own memory. Interesting. So it's very cool. And it's it's called Inferno because it definitely uh, obviously deals with Dante's Inferno. Right, right. Um, so anyways, it is a very enjoyable book. Nice. So I can really can't wait for the movie. Plus, I love Tom Hanks and Ron Howard. Tom Hanks, like I said a minute ago, he looks good, man. He does. Um, and our, Ron Howard's amazing. Ron Howard is amazing. All right. Now we're on to uh, the one that you can't wait for. I mean, I, I once I've seen the trailer, I really can't wait for it. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to watch it again. Yes, we are. <laughs> I love that so much. Wow. That trailer makes me so happy, dude. It does. It looks really good. I'm really excited. It takes. It comes out the week after Rogue One. Does it? Oh, it's going to be a good week. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, a couple things. Uh, we just watched the Assassin's Creed trailer, by the way. Uh, Fastbender looks amazing. Marion Cotillard looks great. And, and I've played these games for years. I love these games mostly because I, I write about assassins. I love assassins. Assassins are like uh, my main and so towards the Sith assassin. I love assassins. It's amazing. But the way uh, they've changed how the animus works. Uh, okay. in the game, you basically, it's kind of more, you lay down and, they, you know, you plug into a machine and it right. takes you back. This it looks like he's attached to something and he's moving. It almost he's actually, looks very Doc Ock. Yeah, and he's like doing the movements, but and the machine's letting him do it. And you see his eyes are white, and so he's there. Oh, it looks so sick. Um, you see a leap of faith at the end, um, which is when you know whenever you're trying to get away from people, you jump off of a building into like a hay bale into a cart, um, which you know physics wise doesn't work at all. I don't know how they're gonna do it in this. But it's no matter what, it's amazing. We talked about at San Diego Comic Con when they do the obstacle course. I did the right. leap of faith a couple of years ago when my brother and I went. I remember. I was wearing that T-shirt the other night when you walked up when you came over, uh, and you know it's a twenty 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 five foot jump, right? And they don't let you do the flip, but still, it's it's twenty feet. You yeah, know? it is. Um, but it, they really, I think they they're capturing it well, at least in trailer wise. I don't know. The stories of these games are phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of intrigue. You're living in these time periods. You know, they've done, um, all different time periods. Yeah, starting this one from, takes place in the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, this is during the Spanish Inquisition. I think the first one was like in ancient Jerusalem. Um, like there's just all of these right. time periods. One that takes are really, place in, I think, colonial America. Another and, one is during the pirates era. Right. And there's the other one. Um, I think the very first one was like during the Crusades. Right. They have another, the, the most recent one is, uh, took place in London. I think so. Yeah. I think that's, is that syndicate? I'm, I'm falling yeah, behind I a little bit. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think if they can get the story right, the visuals look good. If they can get the story right, I think they've definitely captured the movement and the feel of what it is to play those games, at least from the trailer. So I'm really excited about this movie. Yeah, the one concern oh, I have how dare you. is that the trailer, about 90% of it took place in the past, and about 10% of it was modern time. Oh. There was an article that came out oh, a that. couple of days ago that said it was 65% of it is going to be in modern time. Thirty-five percent of it was going to be in the past, so I'm you wondering. Sure, it wasn't the other way around. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I read that the opposite way. <laughs> and you know, it makes sense because they're obviously trying to build this as a franchise. It kind of makes sense um, if they're going to do that because it has to set up how the entire modern thing takes place. No, that's place. a good point. Yep. So I'm guessing it's going to be more like that for this one, and then it'll shift more and more as the movies go on. Yeah, and the, art- the article says, but uh, there are certain things. Uh, we absolutely want to respect in the game. <clears throat> Excuse me, Fastbender tells IGN, but we also want to bring a new elements to the game. This isn't a video game, and we're, that we're making. We're trying to make a cinematic experience, so there are new things we have to introduce. That makes sense. I'm exactly. In. And and you know, <clears throat> it's a, it's 
the other way around completely in the game. Like you're in the real world for like 10% of the time. Right. Um, but you know, uh, regardless, it looks fantastic. Oh, it looks the great. visuals are stunning. Uh, they've got great actors doing it. Yeah. I'm super excited about it, dude. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've watched that trailer like 15 times. Yeah. And this is nothing. Well, no, I mean, it is something you can't. Okay. If you remember back in like the eighties and nineties, I mean, yeah. Dolph Lundgren and Sylvester Stallone and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger doing all these action type movies. Right. Now, I mean, the, you, I guess you can call them the thinking person's action movies, whatever, but it really also, I mean, it, it all changed with, with Bourne. Mm-hmm. When it you really get somebody with, of Matt Damon's acting caliber to do an action movie like that, now you can do Fastbender doing Assassin's Creed. And that means you can do story and you can make it compelling and make a universe out of it. And which make a is, franchise out of it, which is what the money is in now. Right. Franchise and, and we sequel. saw it again in 2007 with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. Right. and Iron Man. Exactly. They're they're casting really good mm. actors in these roles and not just yeah, dumb lugs, dumb lugs. Um, <laughs> okay. <and> actually, <laughs> what you said about um, we were talking about the Assassin's Creed trailer, but uh, oh, you were. The, the leap of faith and how it doesn't obey physics. Oh yeah. Oh, it, it took me back to to Captain America and how when, uh, when Spider Man calls him Sp- out. Yeah, Spider Man <laughs> calls out uh, Captain after Cap throws a shield and Spider Man says, "I think doesn't obey the law of physics at all, does it?" <laughs> and I like how Captain America just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, so <laughs> it keeps going. It's, yeah, like, it's pretty. It good. was awesome. So anyway, so so that's it for our trailers. We uh, yeah, you know, uh, we wanted this to be quick, and so we got it under an hour, and so we I'm did. good with that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, we are definitely going to be going to see, uh, Apocalypse next week. Yep, for sure. So we will be coming back at you in about a week and a half to yep. talk about that. Um, as for now, thanks for tuning into the usuals real reviews. We welcome all feedback. Um, if you have any questions or, or comments and you want to read anything we discussed on the show, please take a look at our show notes and you can find us at the usual podcast.com. Email us at the usual podcast at gmail.com and find us on Facebook, Google plus Pinterest, Instagram, and the store tour network. You can reach me on Twitter at I am Will Griggs. You can find Marshall at Darth pops. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher radio and Google play. So take the time to please give us a positive rating and like, and share us on all the social medias. Uh, you can check out our support us page or just go to audibletrial.com slash the usual podcast, get a free book and a free 30 day trial and check out anything there. Um, also hit the donate button on our website. If not, thanks again. And we will see you at the movies. Peace. Have a fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was my turn to say, have a fun. <laughs>